0: Welcome to the Southside Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra, and I'm bringing you a Chicago-centric soccer podcast focused on the Chicago Red Stars and the NWSL. Let's do this. All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. We're here to recap our very first game that the Chicago Red Stars had just yesterday on Sunday, the 25th, Um, and I have a very special guest to help me recap this game, my dear friend and colleague, Chelsea Bush from the infamous Twitter at Chelsea Writes. Chelsea, say hi to the people. Hello, hello. How you doing? How you feeling?
1: Good, you know, we've we've got of soccer under our belts, and and it's exciting to kind of get back into it, and and see what the new teams are looking like, and and just just you know live the NWSL life. It's it's been a long off season. I think we're all ready for some of that to go by the wayside and just get back to actual soccer.
0: Yeah, I uh, I feel you on that one hundred percent on getting back to soccer. This game in particular. Um, featured your beloved Houston Dash and my beloved Chicago Red Stars. And, uh, of course, to start the game, there was actually a, a lot of talk about a missing player, and there was an update that came out about that today, about Kristen Press. And I'm not going to front. Um, I wouldn't have minded some Kristen Press in this game <laughs> for the either team, whether it was the Red Stars or, or the Houston Dash. But uh, there was an update on Kristen Press today about what's gonna be happening with her playing career, at least for the first part of the NWSL season. And the Houston Dash also released a statement. Can you share that really quickly? Yes, yes, I actually um,
1: reached out to the Dash and, and got that. So the official statement is, while we are disappointed with her decision, and would have enjoyed having her talents here. We were comfortable with the outcome. We will retain Kristen's player rights in the event that she decides to return to the NWSL in the future. So it's not really anything that was unknown. You know, obviously they wanted her player. They wouldn't have traded for her. They, you know, did their best to try to get her to sign, not literally sign, but stay with them. And as we all know, player rights don't expire in the NWSL. So should she decide to return, um, that will be, you know, will kind of... And for sure, we can go through the saga again of whether she plays or, or they try to trade her uh, down the road. Um, yeah. for the time being, her contract is, is for three months, so that would put her in the summer transfer window.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a strong possibility we might see Kristen Press play for more than one European club, right? I think that's ultimately sort of what that means. I mean, that's kind of the impression yeah, that I got. That,
1: yeah, that puts her to, to where she could at that point because all the other – uh, windows to play in Europe had pretty much closed besides Sweden, I think Norway. So at this point, that would open her up to Germany, France, England, some of the areas, uh, the bigger clubs. Yeah. She's been linked to Paris Saint-Germain in the past, so that that would be a possibility. Or at that point, to maybe try and work out, to give a more, team's more trip time to work out a trade within the NWSL. You, you're further down the road, you start talking expansion, there's a, a very...
0: There's quite a few different branches this could go on. Yeah, for sure. I, one thing for sure for me on my part, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there and put it on record. I I think it sucks for, for NWSL. I'm going to miss uh Kristen Press and watching her tear it up because there's no, like, thing that I love more. Or, like, probably one of my most favorite things about NWSL in regards to Kristen Press is just... Like, I'm not going to get to see her just drag anybody's back line or drag anybody's keeper and watch her, like, you know, shoot one of these fantastic goals. And that's that's really, like, what she brings. She's always in the race for, you know, golden boot. And um, I think not just these two specific teams, but I think the league as a whole is going to sort of kind of miss a player like her, so I hope she's back sooner rather than later. But the two teams at hand – gave us a kind of an interesting week one game. I think going into this game, there were a lot of people, of course, on paper who were, I think, giving the Red Stars the advantage, even with all of these injuries that they were coming into, but not I. I believe on the podcast last week, I said this was probably going to be a draw. Um, And it was. So shout out to Taylor Camo for making me look like a genius, I guess. But on your end, got to be a little bit frustrating um, I know even for me, as someone who doesn't cover the Dash, it was a little frustrating because the Dash literally they played a really good game and they stuck to their game plan and executed it well. And they ended up playing enough to seal three points and they're walking away with one. Um, what do you think sort of happened on the end there as far as the Red Stars sort of pushing for that goal? Do you think that that was eventually just coming? Or do you think the dash could have maybe locked it in a little tighter and sort of walked away with the win?
1: Um, I don't necessarily think that, that was the goal that was, was coming. You sometimes watch soccer games and you think that goal is just it's inevitable. You know, eventually they're going to get a, one good shot that goes in. I didn't really get that sense. It was kind of a – it was just one of those moments where one team turned off and, you know, they, they played 90 and they, they didn't play to the whistle and the other team did and they forced a corner and then – Sent in a really good ball, and Como, I mean, she's not the tallest of players, but so much she she got herself free, got in the air, and, and sent it in, and, and caught. I think Campbell kind of flat-footed, and and kind of just caught the dash standing still, pretty much. So, it, yeah, I never really, I didn't really think that. I, I, pretty much at that point, I thought I'm not sure the Red Stars are, are going to get a goal. Their attack hadn't been as as relentless. As, as you would want to see at the end of a game when you're down and, and where you get to the point where you think, yeah, they're going to equalize if they're given enough time. It just, to me, it, it kind of came out of nowhere, um, and kudos to them for making that happen because, like I said, you've got to play the whistle. One team did, one team didn't.
0: Yeah, for sure. As, as far as the, the Red Stars and their starting line, I know there was a lot of talk as in the preseason and leading up to this game that with this sort of retooled team – um, with the additions on the coaching staff and everything that we were going to sort of see um, a different style of play from the Red Stars. Or they were going to at least try to implement that. We saw a lot of the 4-3-3 being utilized um, within the preseason. And then the injuries started to pick up. And then I was kind of curious to how this starting lineup was going to look for, for this week one. But, they ended up rolling out with Alyssa Nayer and and Net, and then you had Gilliland and Sam Johnson and Katie Naughton. Taylor Camo got the start as an outside back. Um, in the midfield, we had Lauren Kasky, Danny Colaprico, Sofia Huerta, and then up top we had this combination of Summer Green, Vasconcelos, and Alyssa Motz. Um, which I, you know, I was really excited about it because um, I know there's a, a lot of us, especially in the media side, that were really looking forward this season to sort of seeing what a player like Vasconcelos can bring. Um, I was at first a little discouraged to not see uh, McCaffrey in the starting lineup, but I ended up um, hearing through sources that she was slated to start um, but removed as a precautionary, you know, due, due to illness. So I felt kind of bad about that to sort of have a player to sort of work themselves into week one in the starting lineup and then to just, you know, sort of kind of be sidelined with on a set that, that really sucks. But I'm kind of wondering what this game could have looked like with, if some things were shifted around, maybe if there was like a more of a combination of like, like Vasconcelos, like McCaffrey, where the up top, you know, versus sort of kind of what we saw. What do you think?
1: Um, I think a, a couple of things here, um, obviously that—that's not what the Red Stars are going to look like for the rest of the season. You know, as you said, they're missing a lot of people. Um, before the season started, I tweeted out being you know, my top eleven players I was looking forward to watching this season. Were, I found most interesting, and I had both Tales and then Colaprico on my list. Um, I, I think everybody was disappointed when we found out. You know, happy for her, but disappointed personally when we found out that Taylor was going to miss last year because she was some someone that was going to hopefully bring some very much needed wits to the red stars.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, I, you know, I'm going to kind of discount her play for a while. I know, you know, she's, she's not only working her way back from pregnancy, which is just incredibly difficult, but she also, she's a rookie. She's just now starting her perceptual career. And that, that kind of takes time to be effective. So I, I would like to see a little bit more from her, but I'm not inclined to kind of, you know, to use the phrase marker down too much for that. Um, I, I think what the Red Stars really lacked in that game was leadership. I, I was a little bit disappointed that you had some of your veterans on the field because you had so many new players or some you know non your starters. But then you had you had Coltrico, you had Flerta, you had Gilliland out there. Who they're not rookies anymore. They've played internationally, they've played overseas, they've played in the USA for several seasons, and I felt like they never really stepped up and and took that game in hand. And, and made something happen the way that it, it was becoming clear that they needed to do. They they allowed Houston to set the tone. And when you allow another team to, to run their game, you've ceded control. And so uh, to, to see that game come out, to see players like Goland and Huerta, you know, who have been in with the U.S. on the national team, have played overseas, have been with this team a long time, and, and then be really invisible, I probably thought was the most disappointing um aspect of it I'm not sure that would have changed had they maybe be, been in a different you know different formation or something regardless of that I felt like we should have expected a little bit more out of them
0: yeah I feel you I mean there were there were some uh man there were some rough moments uh in this game I think at one point I said this definitely feels like a week one game where you know it felt like almost very pre season I guess on the part of the the Red Stars, and I, you know, just to echo what you've said, I mean, it's not. I feel like it's not uncommon, you know. I think this is sort of similar, uh, something similar to what we've seen in in past seasons, where there are teams that it takes a little while for them to sort of gel and and see that 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 finished product that they want to produce out on the pitch. Um, so I think if if you're looking for silver linings in this game for the Red Stars, I think the fact that you were able to sort of scrap out a win, you know, I guess is that silver lining. But at the same time, you know, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, because it's, you know, there's, there's nobody out here really just like praising their victory. You know, sometimes you see players um, afterwards sort of, you know, congratulating themselves and, you know, rooting each other, you know, via social media and saying that like, you know, squeaked out a win and stuff and um you don't see I haven't seen a lot of that on the part of the Red Stars, which I'm not gonna front. I I actually kinda appreciate that. <laughs> because uh if not for nothing, the Red Stars there's always a sense of uh, accountability. And I appreciate that. And I've had to cover them through some pretty rough losses before and there they never have had that kind of the players have never had that kind of attitude where it's just kind of like Yeah, well, you know, that's just how that game went. It is just how it is. It's, like, never like that. There's always a sense of accountability, and it's just like, yeah, we can do better, and we're going to do better. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they come out of this because I think somewhere in the back of their minds, they know that they stole some points uh, from Houston. Um, But I think on Houston's part, I think a lot of people – Again, we're coming into this first week and just kind of assuming that the Dash were just... I don't want to say that they were going to get ran over, but I don't think people knew what they were going to be getting from this Dash team. Um, And to sort of see them in this week one just sort of be so locked in and be... But yeah, it was just good to see them locked in like that. Um, I just think that Dash could maybe have the potential to be sort of that spoilery team. I think this early in this season, there's a lot of potential for that. And I, I think back to actually last season to so where they sort of had that. I think it was like they went on a little bit of a good streak in like the first four weeks of last season, right, back in 2017. And I feel like they have the potential to sort of do that again this season. I'm not too sure how this team is going to look. While the other teams start to gel and get their chemistry and sort of get their international team players back and stuff like that, but it was it was fun to see in this first week. Do you feel a sense of optimism around this team after that kind of game?
1: Yeah, I I, I do. I they surpassed my expectations. I spent a while chatting with Vera at the draft, and I knew she was going to come into this very organized. She, she's a very organized, very disciplined coach. She's had that reputation with a variety of national teams, and you're not going to see anyone running helter-skelter under under her. But, you know, with all due respect to her, there were some moves in it that she made that just didn't make any sense. And the team was just it, – it's never really had an identity, and it was so demoralized last year. And you just – there was – so with, with that going on, you know, in vast need of a culture change and then bringing so many new faces in, there was just no sense of, of telling what you were going to get from this team. And I I was impressed. I mean, they have a long way to go. They're not going to be a playoff-caliber team this year. You know, so many other teams would have to just fall flat on their faces for that to happen. But they're not going to – they're going to give a fight, I think. They're not going to be, to use a common phrase, a dumpster fire. <laughs> which I think, I didn't expect something that bad, but I think a lot of people did. And you know, once they, they get players like hi and, and Kaya Simon back and add a little bit more of a veteran presence, a little bit more sense of firepower, you know, yeah, they, they could play spoiler. They could, they could do some things, and I think she's got a good core of young players now that very clearly have bought in, and I chatted with Amber Pro- Brooks on a couple of occasions, and she kind of hammered that home that Vera was very clear in how she wanted to play, and she had taken a good long look at the players and saw what she had to work with and was going to build from there, and they seemed to be on board. And, and hopefully they're turning over a new leaf for Houston because I think that's one that's been desperately, desperately needed. So they have some work to do. They have a long way to go. But I was, I was pleasantly surprised by how disciplined and organized they were, and I think if they can, they can maintain that, then they're going to give some teams some trouble. And so it'll
0: be it'll be interesting to kind of watch that unfold and see if they can keep that up for the duration of the season. Yeah, I'm excited to to see it unfold. I, I really am. I'm excited about the dash. I'm and you know despite the the play and the pitch and the sort of um, last second savior of goal of Taylor Camo, I'm I'm still excited about the Red Stars going into this season. There's a lot of people out there who sort of have them as one of those upper tier teams. You know. Um, do you think after this performance they're still, you know, should be considered in that sort of bubble? It's just week one, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think the Red Stars are a team that you can count out by any stretch of the imagination. And I think games have made some good good progress in the off season. I mean, you have, you know, at the end of April, you're going to have Sam Kerr, who is just on an unbelievable streak right now and only really coming into her prime. So, assuming she gels with the team, I mean, that's – there's only one or two players that could, would have been an upgrade from Kristen Press, and that one of those is Sam Kerr. So, you know, that's going to be good. You're, you're going to get your veteran players. You're going to get Casey Shorten and Julie Ertz back, and, and they're going to, you know, bring bring that extra thing to the team. You're going to get Vanessa DiBernardo back. Um, you're hopefully going to have have uh, Sato for a big chunk of time, you know. Um there's a lot to be excited about. I, I think that James recognizing that things just weren't working and it was getting a little stale. You know, he loves him some diamond formation, right? Yep. And so to move away from that is, is, I think, it's kind of been understated. I don't think people realize how big of a deal that could be. That the 4 3 3 formation lends itself much more to playing on the flanks and a much more fast paced, you know, game. And. It'll be interesting because the Red Stars, you know, have had such a strong, poor midfield for a long time, and we're very much, you know, we're going to build out the back. You've got, you know, the best distribution in the league in there and and build up and then own that midfield and then, you know, snap and make something happen. And it's going to be a little bit different. So I I think Red Stars fans should be excited because I think it's a change that was needed. I think if he had just kind of said, you know what, we're going to give it one more year, we know what we're good at. I I don't think it would have worked. So I think this is a very necessary change. And I don't think that, you know, maybe one game where you came in as the favorite and didn't quite get the result you thought you might. Should, is nothing to worry about. It's, it's week one. That's that's nothing to worry about. And you know, as a reminder, for the last two years, they lost to Houston the season opener, and it went on to make the playoffs anyway. So right, I, I would not yeah, would baby, not count baby out it's a last second draw. That, that there's a lot of positives to take from that. There's there's some room to work. Like I said, I was a little disappointed in, in some of them, but there's a lot of positives.
0: Yeah, little baby steps, right? They're gonna they're gonna do that. The in the like bigger picture of it. Yeah. When you're comparing the last two season openers, you're like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Stealing some points on the road, but, um, we're about to wrap up here. And I mean, I loved, loved everything you just were spitting right now about the, the Chicago red stars. I mean, that's going to be the goal pretty much from here on out. Whenever we do have guests on this podcast, um, I'm going to just make you guys talk about the red stars. And I know that low key, The Chicago Red Stars are, like, your side bay to Houston Dash, so I knew you wanted to talk about them, and that's why I brought you on, and I'm very glad that you came on today and, like, recapped this game with me a little bit. I am going to end with some questions. They can be, like, sort of rapid fire, and I want you to just at least try to, like, answer them as quickly as you can. And, of course, they're Red Stars related. But I think after recapping this game, the one question that I'm really, really – interested to hear what you answer is that considering the game that just took place between these two teams, what current Red Stars player would you like to see on the dash? And I'm going to make it like more specific like out of the, the players who saw time on the pitch yesterday. Players who saw time on the
1: pitch one person I'd want the most would probably be uh, Daniel Colaprico. Why? I think she's she's understated. I like I said I would have expected a little bit more out of her but she she's a force to be reckoned with, a, a tiny little force to be reckoned with. And she's steady. I don't think you'd ever see her panic. And and she just kinda brings a very calming presence to a midfield. Word,
0: word. Who's your uh who's your favorite red star to watch play? Like who are you looking at on Nair. the pitch? Nair?
1: Yeah, out of the players that are on the pitch on Sunday, Nair.
0: Word. Respect that. Uh, do you have, like, a favorite Chicago Red Stars player of all time? I mean, we are going into the sixth season. Do you have one that you just, like, rank way up there? Boxy. Who doesn't love her
1: from boxing?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to I'm gonna hit you one last one. What's what's just, like, your favorite general thing about the Chicago Red Stars? They know who they are. You see teams
1: struggle with that. We've seen that with the Dash. The Red Stars, they know their identity. They know who they are. And they come in with purpose. That they're gonna, they're gonna stick to who they are. They're not gonna try and, and be something they're not. And I, I admire that a whole lot.
0: Represent. Well, Chelsea, I'm gonna let you plug yourself real quick and let people know where they can find you and your work on the internet. Go ahead.
1: All right, you can always find me on Twitter at Chelsea Rice. That's Chelsea with a Y. And I, you can find my work at Equalizer Soccer it's it's great you should check it out i love the equalizer and and we're doing good things maybe not as good as hot time in old town but we're doing some good things
0: (laughs) you are doing some things you i'm excited for the things that you guys (laughs) are doing can you plug what you guys are doing really quickly
1: yeah so we've actually started a podcast of our own um it is going to be a variety of guests i think every week you're probably going to have richard farley and dan laletta and then i myself will be on there at some point in time and and a variety of, of other guests every week. And so um, we're, we're doing a big focus on more game analysis this year. So I'm also pretty excited about that. It's my favorite thing to do. So, so we're have we we're mixing things up a little bit. You know, we got, just like Rory Dames down there in Chicago's formation. We're, we're making a few changes to the tried and true <laughs> method. So we'll see how it goes.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really excited to see it. I'm really happy for you guys. You guys are one of my favorite stops. Um, for coverage. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, I got mad love for you, Shorty. And for everyone else out there, thanks so much for listening today um, and all your support for this Outside Trap podcast and all the love you've been showing to Music with Jose Inc. Everybody's loving the intro and the outro to this podcast. Um, So you can hit him up on Instagram at Music with Jose Inc. He doesn't mess with Twitter, guys. Sorry. But if you're into Twitter, you can find me at Sand Herrera underscore. That's H E R R E R A underscore. And you can also follow the Southside Trap podcast um, at Southside trap pod that is only with one p guys Southside trap pod um and then you can also find us on itunes we're live probably right after this shells thanks again everybody i'll let you guys later see y'all next week when we recap portland bye